0: Hello and welcome to the Never Made Varsity Podcast. My name is David Rivero. You can find me at D underscore River underscore O on Twitter.
1: And returning for his sixth podcast, it's your boy Maverick. You can find me at Heartbreak two underscores kid.
2: They said the world was supposed to end yesterday. They said that was how we were going to get kicked off the internet. We are still here. The world did not end. We are still on the internet. We have succeeded. I'm still Aaron, and you can still find me on Twitter, at Aaron P. Friedman. I had my most popular tweet of the past couple months yesterday, and I'm really high on my social
3: media right now. My name is Colby. I'm still never prepared for the music when it
2: starts. You know there's a click track. I know,
3: I know, and it still throws me off every single time. And you can I put it in
2: for that exact reason, so that you don't
3: get thrown off. It still throws me off. You can find me on Twitter
0: at Colby complains all one word. You almost forgot what it was, didn't you? No, I didn't. I was looking at it. You were just pausing for dramatic... uh, For dramatic effect. (laughs) I would also like to point out that uh, I have something for everybody. Aaron, your uh, tweet will never be as popular as my Luke May tweet, because that was gold. Uh, You (laughs) you did your intro like it was like that meme that was like, Hello, demons, it's me, ya boy.
1: (laughs) I mean, I am the ginger around here. (laughs) No soul. Cool. Debatable. Wait,
0: what do you have for me? Ginger's have Oh, so, I was making fun of you and you, oh, your dramatic pauses.
1: Oh. okay.
3: And your click track. So, good job. You dropped your phone. So, do you <laughs> want to...
0: <laughs> this is the
2: most disorganized we've ever started the podcast. It's fine. We're going to keep rolling with it. Our uh, two failed takes were not my fault, and I am very proud of myself. <laughs> I'll take the L on the first one. Last week's trivia question. So, last week's trivia question. A one under par in golf is called a birdie. A two under par in golf is called an eagle. What is the elusive forerunner in golf? The correct answer is a condor. Congratulations
3: to Larry Webb for getting that question right. And then giving it to his daughter, Annabelle Webb, who then gave us the answer. Mr. Webb, next time we see you, we will give you a firm handshake.
0: This is the most savage thing I've ever heard on this podcast. Oh, should we? Should we do it? I guess we have to. Well, first, let's talk about something more uplifting then the game and we can talk about the honor band and having all the yeah
1: let's talk about honor band first. all the
0: kiddies with us
1: yeah that was the one good part about the football game on saturday we got to be with a bunch of high school band kids and give them the experience of being with our marching band so i was i wish i could have done it when i was in high school let's explain what honor band is so it's basically we open up to kids all around the country mostly in north carolina to spend the day with the marching Tar Heels to be able to play with us and go through our entire game day experience. Um, They even played at halftime with us. We uh, did a series of Bruno Mars hits. We did Locked Out of Heaven, 24-Karat Magic, and Uptown Funk. And really just it's giving high school kids a glimpse into what college band looks like uh, playing for college football on Saturdays rather than Friday Night Lights. Uh, In front of a sold-out crowd. In in front of a sold-out crowd. And it was really good. There were some really electric moments. We got the Tar Heels chant going at one point. It was rocking. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was a really cool moment.
0: Um, Did everyone like their buddy? Unfortunately, I did not have a buddy because I was waving my arms. No drum matrix came. That would have been a mess. That would have been a mess. Are you kidding me? (laughs)
3: Let
0: some high schooler run the band.
1: My buddy went to my high school repping T.C. Robertson. Go Rams.
2: I think I saw them. Mm -hmm. I thought it was T.C. Robertson. No. Until yesterday, when the announcer for the band said Robertson,
1: it's Robertson to some, Roberson to some, but it's TC Robertson, home of Roy Williams. Oh my
3: goodness! Um, my buddy was from Seventy First. Um, he was cool. He was really cool. He was um from a show band. So um, this was a, the
2: real type of band. Oh
3: my goodness! It was a bit of a culture shock for him. Uh, <laughs> did you shout out the pod? I did shout out the pod. You I did. Shout, I like shouted. <laughs> shout out to your boss too oh yeah so um, my boss shouted out um, the podcast to the entire listserv of my community that I work in um, so if you came here from that hello All
2: my right. buddy was pretty cool too he told me where he was from but I'm not from here so I, it, it meant less than nothing to me it confused me even more <laughs> you did the Russell Westbrook
0: ah <laughs> hmm interesting <laughs> okay alright now we actually have to talk about stuff how that game go? It went really well for. Uh... I still, I still can't anticipate it. <laughs> uh, it went really well up until the the end of that fourth quarter, or uh, the last half of that fourth quarter.
3: The heels lost twenty seven to seventeen
1: to that one school eight miles down the road. We will not refer to them. They're the team that must not be named. Are we bad? That's a really good question. I. <sighs> Yeah. Going into
2: the season I saw eight wins and now I struggle no, no, to see you four.
3: You came into the season saw ten wins.
2: Yeah, don't <laughs> underplay it. <laughs> I saw fourteen wins actually.
0: <laughs> no, I said I'm pretty sure I said six wins when I made my predictions. I don't, don't even know. Said if it, six. I, I said even, I don't know. I said I can't see six, but I, I honestly see three now. I see us winning three I can see us beating Western and I can
1: see us beating Pitt. UVA? They, were, uh, they
0: ran through Ole Miss.
1: Yeah, and they, they throttled Boise State. Like They have a really good passing game, and they run the ball really well as well. So they have a more balanced offense than they had last year. Yeah. Let me fact check but, myself. I mean, we always have played well against them, but okay, okay now. It's Three the South's more oldest wins. rivalry. Three more wins, sorry, not two. It's a rivalry game. Got to throw all those records out the window. I thought that's how it was going to be <laughs> yesterday, too. Um, Sorry, I did not mean to say. Wait, did they didn't play? It was I'm, Boise State. It's Boise State. State I, yeah. I
0: accidentally said Ole Miss. Who beat Ole A cow beat Ole Miss, right? So, yeah, Cal beat Ole Miss. Cal so beat Cal, Cal, beat Cal is actually a good team.
3: Okay, honestly, Apparently. we don't have any. <laughs> I'm going to talk myself into believing in this team again. We don't have any bad losses. We this also is a, don't count, have any good wins.
2: I would count this dude, loss as a bad loss. They're this four, is a bad loss. Therefore, no. I'd they're say four, no, it's, but, not a, it's not a bad loss based on the team, it's a bad loss based on the performance.
1: Before the interception, we were in the game, very much so. And then
0: we're starting to unravel a little bit before the interception, because I would actually like to point out that I'm actually really proud of this defense and the way that they showed out for that game. But just by the end, by the time that it came, like the fourth quarter came, they were gassed, man. The defense held them to twenty points because the offense could. Because the I don't, I never understand. You mentioned this on another podcast about how we never quit our hurry up, our hurry up offense. How we net, we always get beat down in time of possession because we can we always run plays like bang 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 mm-hmm. and we don't give our defense time to rest they were gassed by the fourth quarter because our offense couldn't move they were dead because we would get 3 and outs or we would go two for like a first down and then go out and like by that time the defense is trying their hardest to
1: be on the field yeah. you know like there were so quarters. many times where we would get crucial stops on the defense, and we would get the ball back and just go three and out or you know, four or five plays and then right off the field, and it doesn't give the defense a chance to sit down, get ready for the next drive. And, and it, it adds up by the time we get to the fourth quarter, and I think that's been the problem of the season for us because we have uh, we're plus 37 going into the fourth quarter of our games this season. In the fourth quarter alone, we are minus 34 in scoring. So that's unacceptable. Yeah, we have led in the fourth quarter of every game this season, yet we only have one win. And that's a problem. It, it and that attributes to a lot of things. It goes to the injuries that we have and that we are so thin at so many positions. Uh, it also goes to the inexperience of this team that they don't know yet how to finish a game. But I wanted to at first rationalize saying that these injuries that were just we are losing so many people that it's hard to win games like this, but we were still fighting. We were still scoring, so it's obviously not that I think it's starting it's starting from something much more deeper than that.
0: Yeah, when you lose, you know, Thomas Jackson, Austin Prohl now, unfortunately, you know, um William Sweet, was his, yeah, yes, his name. Yeah, he's our offensive lineman. Offensive lineman. Um Andre Smith. we're losing
2: key guys. I don't disagree, but the offense going three and out every time isn't just a product of a young offense; it's a product of awful play calling. Yeah, and when a, I can st- a deep bomb at, or a screen pass are not, we've seen very clearly that, that those are not the plays that work on first down. And still, yet again, over and over and over, Fedora goes back to those. When, I, when it's third
0: down and I can literally say they're going to run a screen and they run a screen, that's a problem. Because I know for a fact that the, defen, def, the defensive coordinator on the other team is going to be like, they're about to run a screen. When it's that predictable, it's a problem.
2: And then when the other team has predictable on, predictability on offense, we just don't recognize that. Like Duke's quarterback had to have at least five rushes for more than 10 yards from a broken play, and yet we never had any real contain on the outside.
1: It's frustrating. It is extremely frustrating. And and a lot of times where we actually have a very successful play, Uh, Chas Ratt's 54-yard run uh, was absolutely amazing. Yet there was that one drive later on in the game where they did three quarterback design runs in a row trying to replicate the same thing. I understand that we had success in that before, but then it becomes predictable, like you said, and then – they're going to be able to read that, and you're not going to have the same result as that. You they're, have to mix it up.
0: The reason he made that run is because they were respecting his passing, because he was making great throws up to that point. And then after he did that, they were like, "We should do that more. Let's do it in a really predictable way for three straight plays." What kind of logic is that? I don't know. And the offense is for doors, is it not? I mean, it's the offensive coordinators, but like, Coach Dor has always been an offensive-minded coach. I wonder how much control he has over, over the offense.
2: I don't think it matters how much or how little control he has over the offense or right. the defense. He's the head coach, and the buck stops with him because he's the head coach. And so any problem that happens with the team, unless it's a player who is like very clearly making a mistake that's their fault and no one else's fault, unless something like that happens, it's got to be something that has to do with Fedora because he's the head coach.
3: I do want to do my due diligence and give credit to Duke because they did play well. They did. Um, yeah. Daniel Jones, um, quarterback, he went eighteen of thirty-four, which isn't a—it's like stellar completion percentage, but like he but got still, the, he like,
0: got the job done. T- um, two hundred two yards passing. They ran for almost two hundred yards. They got the job done, but again, it's just like our defense was. Sh- our defense showed up, and then our offense just didn't. We also like,
3: ran for over a hundred yards.
0: A lot of that was because of Chaz, though. That one Chaz run.
3: Oh yeah! If you take that one now, then we're back down to fifty. Yeah, man. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the way, can we talk about first talking about Chaz? Can we talk about that stiff arm first?
2: Yeah, he did him dirty.
3: He sent that dude to the upside down.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) I want to embarrass
3: that kid.
0: I do actually want to say, like, I don't blame Chaz for the loss. I know he's probably taking it hard for the because that one interception, but it was more
1: than that one play. And (laughs) yes, that interception was something. I think he forgot that he was playing. American football and not soccer football. Yeah, that, was a, that He was, a he, he was inbounding <laughs> from the sideline in that one, throwing it over his head. I'm, he's trying to make a play, and he's trying yeah. to – It's, it's I understandable. Hate, it's I do think that – The idea of that, being the hero.
2: That's I mean, something that I think is just a mistake that will get better with experience because that's just where he doesn't want to take the sack. Yeah. And I think that – at some point, if he realizes he's not going to be able to throw the ball which, if you have to throw it overhand,
1: <laughs> no you're
2: very clearly not
1: getting the pass
2: off. then just take the sack.
1: Yeah I mean we had fourth down, and we had some pretty big plays earlier on, and so I, it could have happened, but another good thing: Anthony Ratliff Williams man. He's... that boy is good. <laughs> At least someone is stepping up, and it's definitely Anthony Ratliff Williams. Yeah. So we are we have people that are stepping up, stepping in line. So there's still we still have a lot of people on this team that are going to be able to contribute in the coming weeks, mm-hmm. and we're going to need them to step up even more now with the loss of Pro. Uh, it seemed like he broke his collarbone, and that mm. if we know what happened to Mac last year, that's that's season. the end of his season.
0: I didn't even. I guess because it was did it happen in the first quarter? Yeah, it okay. happened on the flea flicker. It. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. I was so hype and I was doing conducting things that I just I guess I didn't even yeah. see that he was hurt, honestly.
3: And that okay,
0: that's the reason I'm like, are we
3: bad? Not because like like we're a bad team. We're so hurt. I don't
0: know how you Here, here's the function thing. with this. Here's this the many thing. injuries. Here's the thing though. We have a we have two solid running backs, a competent quarterback, a a pretty solid wide receiver and Anthony Ratliff Williams. There are teams that are doing better with less, <sighs> is what I'm saying. I feel like that at least have like a decent win. The with the players we have, we do not have experience there. Y- yeah, but at this, at what point does it become like I don't? I don't blame the personnel. This is I, I do blame the coaching, though. I think it's hard to win with what we have at this point.
2: I'm going to go with something positive before I go all in on my negativity. <laughs> First of all, our punter Tom Sheldon—he
1: is a man. Great that guy guy one punt—that was a 70-yard punt. That was one of the best punts I've ever seen in my life. And
2: he's had one of those every single game this year. Yeah. Obviously, it's not. You don't want your opponent to be the brightest spot on your team, but, like, we're watching something special.
1: Yeah. Tom Sheldon for Heisman.
2: All right. <laughs> but. I want to move on to the next part of this, go. which is,
0: is Fedora on the hot seat? Can I, can I go first for this one? Yeah. I don't think it is. I think it should be. But I don't think in – re- in in this reality that we live in, it is not – he is not on the hot seat, nor is his seat remotely warm, in my opinion, be- just because of the straight fact that I don't think he's done abhorrently. Is that the – is that a right use of that word? Expound on that definition. He hasn't done terrible. He hasn't done that good. He hasn't <laughs> done awful. He hasn't done awful, but he hasn't been great. Like, he's been yeah. pretty consistently – like, I feel like he's been kind of mediocre – but it's also better than what we had in the past, historically speaking, for Carolina football. He's probably one of the. I saw there was a, a, a graphic that somebody made that showed all the winning percentages for all the coaches in the last. He by far has the best. He was like either second best or the best. And so it's like, what do you go to then? Like, John what Brown do you re- might have better? Like, what do you what are you replacing better. him with then? You know, like,
1: yeah. My biggest thing is I do not think that he is on the hot seat right now. Uh, just, it was almost six months ago that this man was endorsed by the GOAT himself, Michael Jordan, by giving the Jordan brand to the football team. I don't, from the athletics department standpoint, I don't think they can drop a dude that quickly just after getting an endorsement like that. And so I, I think they understand that they were had their backs against this wall when this season came up with the loss of so many people, such as Mr. Trubisky, Ryan Switzer. Matt Collins and so forth, it was really going to be hard to replace it to those players to begin with. And so uh, I don't think he's on the hot seat at this moment. But next year, with the big class that we're getting, I think it could be on the hot seat next year.
2: I don't disagree, but
1: I think You've that done that a lot tonight.
2: <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I'm very upset. I think we but all are. It's because I care. Exactly. <laughs> But, and I'm going to cue up our panic negativity alert. I'm going to get very negative here. Um, I think that Fedora is his offensive coordinator because I forget the name of our offensive coordinator two years ago. Chris Kapilovich.
1: Well, no, that was uh, Seth Luttrell. You mean talking about 2015? Yes. Yeah, Seth Luttrell, and then he was replaced by Chris Kapilovich, who was the offensive line coach. And... Since we lost that offensive
2: coordinator, we are now nine and eight, I believe. Since so the past two seasons. How long has it been? What was this that it was like how long has it been since we've beaten a power five team? We've lost the last six. The games last one power we beat was Georgia. Georgia. Georgia Tech, sorry. Yeah, no, we did not beat Georgia. <laughs> but what, I guess what I'm saying is like at some point something's gotta give because especially after the end of last season, I think it's clear that Fedora is losing his grip on what we have in the football program right now. And he has a great class coming in right now. Don't get me wrong. And I don't think that you can fire him with that class coming in, but I feel like after the way he let last season completely collapse and he's let this season collapse already, I just feel like he, I, 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 if I were the AD, he would be. If I was Bubba, he would get a talking to. Granted, I grew up an Ohio State fan, so I grew up in the North Carolina of football. (laughs) But so I guess this would be a wait. We're not a football school. Are you sure? So I guess that this is. (laughs) I guess I have different expectations, but I I just don't see how they could accept losing three of your last five games, four of your last six if you count the bowl game, to end last season, and then starting out one and three this season with... Two games where you snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, <laughs> and one game where if you don't come out completely flat, you win.
3: I think that we need to wrap this conversation. Um, but um, before we move on to our next topic, um, I will say that Fedora is not on the hot seat, but there is somebody under his chair with a match.
0: A very small match. A very, but next s- season if very they- small match. I think last season is actually more reflective of Fedora than this season because last season should have been the best season in Carolina history with what we had, and it was utterly disappointing. But we have to move on.
2: Uh, Do we have to? Yes, we do because it's been like 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um,
2: You don't want a two-hour episode?
3: Please, God, no. Um, Moving on to Georgia Tech. Um, They beat Pitt 35-17. Pitt is not necessarily
0: good. That triple option worries me. Um, yeah, they had about 500 yards of offense. Yeah,
1: that
2: triple option worries me. <laughs> We're going to get, like, maybe five opportunities the whole game to score.
1: This has been the best yeah. triple option that I've seen since I've been here. Uh, my first year was their best, but we ended up winning that game our first year. That somehow. Was, that was one of the more exciting games that, game. that I've seen yeah. in Canaan uh-huh. Stadium. Uh, and just with all these injuries, I don't know how it's going to go, but we are 3-0 and in the past four years with them. Uh, and so I hope we can – bring out a W, uh, hopefully get some momentum back, but it's going to be a tough one.
2: I just don't trust our offense with five opportunities to score on them because of how well they control the clock. Our offense just isn't consistently good enough to to do well enough in that especially, situation, especially
0: on the road. Especially has like how fast we were on the offense. We're going to again, it's going to be another opportunity it's another another situation where our defense is just going to be gassed. I don't think they can keep up with that triple option. Our linebackers are not fast enough to get to the the edges, in my opinion. They're not nearly fast enough to get to the edges. And
2: we've seen Chaz crumble in in high-pressure situations already at home. This is his first true road game.
1: Yeah. The good thing is, though... Is or what about that
2: hostile
3: territory at Old Dominion?
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. That's why I'm saying this is his
3: first true road game. High school
1: football stadium. If there, if,
2: there are, if there are any Old Dominion fans here that are offended, I apologize, but that is not a true road <laughs> They're game. They're
1: not though. listening to us. The thing with the triple option is, is that it has a high potential for turnovers, and they've always had that problem where they can fumble if they don't make the right play. And so maybe the offense isn't going to help the defense stay off the field, but the defense can get themselves off the field. Maybe. If they capitalize on that, hopefully, we can um, only hope at this point. It's not going to go well. Um, I, I like. It. Are
0: y'all looking at the at the schedule though? What it says under looking forward to GT. Oh, oh
3: yeah, under rundown, I put it looking forward to GT. The bullet point under that. Oh God, we're going to lose.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, Pitt had thirty-seven yards of rushing. Yeah, I just don't have any 3-7. faith. I don't have faith in our offense to get to score the points to to keep up with GT.
3: Yeah. I don't know. I'll be at that game. Um, Good luck. Yeah. Um, I'll be at a bluegrass festival. I hope, hopefully I'll be at that game. I'm not going to count my chickens for a hatch, but I don't think any other baritone signed up. So I'll be at that game.
1: I should be at that game. I'm ready to go to the varsity. Get me some grub.
3: It's going to be great. All right. It's now time for the most challenging part of the week. Mike is off. <laughs> I, Aaron... I'm giving you <laughs> I'm giving you um, two minutes. You cannot talk about the tribe. Can you do that?
2: This is going to be hard. I'll try my best.
3: All right. You don't have anything written down in the rundown, so you're going rogue. Uh, actually, you do have one thing. And you also have to speak positively about the other teams, not uh, the tribe. Just talk. No, that's too hard. Just talk about them. I'm, I'm, back not, back on. Hold I'm on. not
2: even going to talk about them in relation to the tribe. I'm going all in on this just for you guys. You just can't crap on all of them. I'm not going to. Okay. All right. You ready? I'm ready. Are you mark. Get it set. Go. All right. So I'm going to focus on the Miami Marlins this week. Giancarlo Stanton has hit his 57th home run, and he's not going to break the record, but he is pretty fun to watch. But the Marlins are pulling the Marlins again. Derek Jeter has said, that he's willing to cut their salary down to $55 million, if I remember correctly. He has not looked at his own contracts at all, obviously. But I would be very surprised if they do not do what they do best and trade away in Carlos Stanton very soon. And that's going to be a shame because they're not good right now, but he is giving them momentum because he's one of the best players in baseball. He's the only player that I can remember since... Albert Pujols in his early prime with the Cardinals. And before that, the only player I can remember is Barry Bonds, where every time they came up, you were like, this guy has a good shot at hitting a home run. And I don't know where Stanton's going to end up, but he's under contract for a long time after now. I believe he's still got eight or nine years on his contract. And so he's going to be wherever he is for unless he gets traded again for the majority of the rest of his career. And it's going to be a shame because he's been big for the Marlins and I really enjoy watching him play ball. Aaron judge has proven me wrong this half of the season. I thought he was going to be awful the second half of the year, 30 seconds, but he has actually been not horrible. He's got 46 home runs and he's pretty good. Minus five seconds for the cough. Ouch. Ouch.
0: Time.
2: I mean, 10 seconds. I think that's really all I got to say. I, <laughs> winning the, stop, 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 stop,
0: stop, 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 stop. You almost made it. Time Dude. up.
2: <laughs> Indians are winning the World Series oh this God. year.
3: <laughs> oh, we were so close. We, we so
1: almost close. got to not say it, but oh my God. there it is, folks. We're making progress, though. <laughs>
3: We would All like to welcome right. you back
1: to our regularly scheduled program. That was
3: a long two minutes, That man. was the <laughs> longest two minutes of my life. Good Lord. Um, Lord. NFL. Should we talk about the team that won today first?
1: Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the victorious team today as my Tennessee Titans defeated the <laughs> Seattle Seahawks. It was a good win for the Titans. Uh, it came out really close at the end. Uh, Seattle had a chance to stop us. We were on fourth down, and then they had 12 men, ironically, on the field and got a penalty from that and gave us a first down where we could run out the rest of the clock. Yeah, I think the 12th man is supposed to be in the stands and not on the field. Boozo. I think the 12th man is supposed to be at Texas A&M, though. So. <laughs> that's, that's debatable. But either way, my Titans came out with a victory. We're now 2-1. Uh, next week we face the Texans. Uh, with another chance to increase our divisional record and head on our way to a AFC South championship.
0: All right. Well, we can talk about the second most disappointing team. Oh, uh, the Panthers laid an egg. That was rough. today. Uh, we got lit up by Drew B. It's not. It's okay. Here's the thing. It's, he didn't light us up though. He really. He didn't, didn't. He didn't. But he did throw. So he, he. Twenty-two of twenty-nine. Yeah. Hold on. Let me pull up these stats real fast, real quick, real quick. Did someone
3: other than him throw the ball? No. Oh, but he I think sack, they had a sack of seven yards. Yeah, he was twenty-two or twenty-nine for two hundred thirteen yards. But three touchdowns. because they, they
0: had good field position. You yeah. want to know why? Because our offense couldn't do anything. Couldn't do <sighs> squat. Our defense couldn't stop the run. Uh, our offense couldn't get past the fifty after our first, <laughs> like after like our first, our first drive. We looked phenomenal
3: until we got into inside the ten yards, and then Matt Khalil happened. Night it's frustrating. So it still rings true that when we hold a team to under a hundred yards rushing, we win the game. Um, the saints had
0: 149. I'm just, I'm mostly upset that Ted Ginn junior, like caught a touchdown <laughs> pass
3: of all the times you want to decide to start catching balls. It's now, now against us. Uh, and the part that I hate the most is that we went up we just went up against the saints defense and made them look like one of the best defenses in the NFL.
0: We, we scored 13 points. 13. And we didn't score a touchdown until Cam decided to just sack up and run it in. Yeah. And
3: it, the f- most frustrating thing, one, for me is the play calling.
0: They have the same pr- – I don't know what it is in the water in freaking North Carolina, <laughs> man. What is it with my favorite teams running screens? I'm legitimately angry about this. Right? I am so angry. I am so tired of seeing – screens on third and long so tired look there, there is a reason for screens on third and long sometimes but every third and long you yeah. have a, you have a competent receiving core it's you free. at least have you at least at the very least you have christian mccaffrey that can catch it downfield you have devin Funches who's proven that he can catch it downfield he's not a scrub yeah ed dixon can make some plays uh, that's you have true. options
3: but also, Cam can't throw three interceptions. That's one of those was One of those
0: was not his fault.
3: One of them I wasn't say. his fault. But still, you yeah. can't throw three
0: interceptions. Can't be that. No, you can't. can't be that. Um, one of them, he just he literally just like went and just grabbed it from yeah from hitting the ground. It was kind of it was a crazy interception, but it was just disappointing. It was but a, I, let's move on before I get too heated and my blood boils. And um, for
1: this week's moral victory.
2: I don't want to talk about it, how's that, I'm being how, forced into it.
0: How's that paper bag looking, buddy? Dust it off. The quarterback from QBU, Q-B-U <laughs> lit up the Browns. <laughs>
2: I, I hate football so much. <laughs> I, the Browns have that same problem. I think it's the water wherever I go. Because <laughs> yeah. we were inside of our own 10-yard line, no timeouts and about 20 seconds left on the clock, and we're running slants across the middle of the field, not throwing, deep bombs to the, not throwing deep bombs near the sideline. We're passing it down the middle of the field with a running clock. That works in Madden. It <laughs> doesn't work in real life. It works in Madden. Do you have zero timeouts with 20 <laughs> seconds left and the whole field to go? Hey, I can break off a long slant. <laughs> and not only that, Jabril Peppers caught a punt that put us in that position. He had like five yards between him and the nearest defender and he fair caught the ball. He He's not putting us in a position to win the game. But you can't put that loss on him though. You can't <laughs> I'm not saying up. that we lost because of him, but I'm saying that he's not doing us any favors doing something like that because it's, it's all about, even if you don't win, it's all about putting yourself in the position to win. And he is the most, he's the guy that has the best chance of doing that in that position. And he's giving that up. Well, you can't tell.
0: We're a little angry. We're frustrated. It's it's a spicy podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I feel great. Yeah, you shut your mouth, Maverick.
1: (laughs) Y'all got to tighten up. I'm just saying. Oh, my goodness. So who do the Titans have next? We have, again, the Houston Texans in a divisional battle. So (laughs) I think I feel really good about that one. They still are finding their offense. All right. So I'm assuming you predict a win. I think we'll win. We're going okay. to go three and one. We have the Patriots in New England. It's a it's a L.
0: <laughs> I oh, we just let B- Drew Brees yeah. do this to us. Tom Brady's going to rip us apart.
3: I'm not going to be able to watch that game. I don't want to do it. it. At field hockey.
0: I won't be able to watch that game
2: physically just because I don't <laughs> want to. Um, but it doesn't look good for us. Um, we've got the Bengals in Cleveland. I want to say that we're going to win that game because the Bengals are terrible, but. Were terrible. terribler.
0: I think the quote last week for Maverick was, congratulations on your W. No, that was me. Or was that you? That was me. Oh, I thought
1: it was from Maverick. I thought you said congratulations on your win, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> they sh- I'm- they had some fight in them against the Packers, but uh, they stole that one with that last second field goal. I don't know. The Was it the red-headed BB gun? Red rocket? Red
0: rider. Red rider BB gun. Because <laughs> they call him the red rifle, and then J.J. I was like,
1: <laughs> fellow ginger, Andy Dalton. Red rider BB gun. We'll see how he does next week freaking shame to the ginger name shame
3: <laughs> all right so now we want to talk about something a, a tiny bit more serious um we want to talk about the national anthem protests um yeah. this week uh we got a question about advocacy in the nfl the first week on twitter um and i don't think that any of us felt comfortable
1: at taking that, point. that question at, <laughs> at that, that point.
3: point um but you know Six episodes
2: is enough. <laughs> I think I'm up in half
3: is enough time.
2: I think we have a pretty consistent base of people who listen to us, and so we're comfortable at this point going into a more serious topic with y'all. Especially after last week when we tested the waters with the with the foo- with, with the, the letting your kids play yeah. football, because that's. Definitely something that is getting more serious, and it was definitely received very well.
3: Um, So, yeah, let's talk about it. Um, This week, the Steelers, the Titans, and the Seahawks um, all did not come out of the locker room for the National Anthem, and we saw a large, large um, number of... NFL players kneel or sit during the anthem.
2: I believe the Associated Press said that through the afternoon games, it was at 121 players uh, around there. And in every game that I had seen, all the players were standing with their arms linked along with the coaches and the training staff and a couple teams. The owners were down there doing it as well.
1: For the London game too, the Jaguars owner was actually down on the field linking with their players as well. Yeah.
0: And this is all spurned from a... Um, Just before you, before you go, I think Julius Pe- I know I, when I was watching, I didn't notice any Panthers or anything, but apparently Julius Peppers was in the locker room for the National Anthem gotcha. uh, by himself while the rest of the team was out there. But I didn't know if everyone knew that. I did not know that. Yeah. Um,
3: it's all was spurned from um, 45 talking about how these players should be fired for kneeling. And called them a choice word. Call them a choice or A choice, word, a choice uh, phrase. We I won't guess. say because we want sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is, isn't that a thing? You can't say things that the president said hmm. <laughs> on our podcast. Um, yeah,
0: um, but yeah, uh, that that in turn, uh, so Steph Curry spoke out, and then 45 responded to Steph Curry, and then uh, just a crazy amount of athletes, former, former athletes and current athletes just... Yeah. poured on a social media, including LeBron James, who came up with my favorite uh, insult and just called, he just straight up called him a bum. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was, regardless of politics, that's kind of funny. <laughs> just calling anyone, a bum, <laughs> calling someone a bum is like a very high level insult <laughs> that I, I think anyone That comes from appreciate. a special
3: place in your heart when you call somebody a bum. It's <laughs> like when you call someone goofy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's
1: kind of like when you're in the South and you say, bless your heart. Yeah, man. Yeah
0: but um yeah without without injecting my personal politics into it i think a lot of what's happening with the protest is that the message of the protest is getting misconstrued in a way that creates the narrative that says we're protesting the national anthem and not the injustices that occur in america that for some reason kneeling for the kneeling for the national anthem is indicative of not disrespect for the troops. disrespecting troops or disrespecting the flag or disrespecting America when it's actually wanting to make America a better place for everybody and so i think that's where the disconnect comes because they think people like to think that the flag is this untouchable object that you that represents this vague concept of nationalism when where it's, like, their own concept of nationalism. Whereas, like, I, don't know, I just don't know, man. Like, it, this whole situation is just... I, I'm i trying not to inject, like, my own personal beliefs too much into this. Like, you lot your, of per, put, don't worry, David, put, I will in a second. Put Here. your
2: personal beliefs into it. The, I mean, I think that even if it is being seen as protesting the national anthem, being against that is just as un-American as the people who are saying it's un-American, as what is being perceived by many to be un-American for protesting the national anthem, because the whole point of what the troops are, prote- are fighting for and protecting is our right to be able to protest the national anthem and to speak out against injustices occurring in America. I feel like it's
0: one of the most American American things you can do is, is exercising your right to free speech. Exactly.
1: Now, if I may interject, like yeah. having that experience myself, my father served in the military. He was a member of the army, and so you know he's the very much person that like has this sense of patriotism and duty and loving one's country and stuff. But at the same time, it's it's defending the rights of the people to uh, be able to express their own rights and beliefs, and so it's a balance. It's finding that balance, but not misconstruing either side or the the people who are protesting and otherwise, you know, it's, it's, you know, putting it in the right perspective, as you mm-hmm. said, David.
3: Yep. I think that one. I echo everything that was just said, um, so I'm not going to say it again. Um, but one thing I did see on Twitter that bothered me um, was people saying that where were all of these people um, kneeling for the anthem when Colin Kaepernick was doing it by himself last year, mm-hmm.
0: um, I actually did not. I actually did not see that. I saw a lot. Of really? That okay. Explain. Later today. Go into detail. Um, Go for it.
3: One last year, he was not the only person. Um, right. Two. I think it's important to meet people where they are, especially in topics surrounding race, politics, um, socioeconomic, socioeconomic class, all that, all those things. It's important to meet people where they are. Um, because you're not going to reach all those people the same way. It might take the president saying something like he did to get people where Colin Kaepernick is. You can't expect everybody to be to be down with the cause
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, at the same rate. Um, so I think it's important, if you do support the protests, if you do support um, what Colin Kaepernick did last year, um, to meet these players where they are. Um, be supportive of them now, um, mm-hmm. even when they weren't quite there with him last year.
2: Something that I saw on Reddit today that is really echoing my feelings about the whole thing, and this is not meant to be an attack on the people who are against these types of protests, because I think that attacking those people is just creating more divisiveness in our country. And I think that we need to recognize that everyone is just wanting what's best. It's just we have different views of what is best. But this comment on Reddit really – it was well-spoken on how I feel about it. And the part, part of the comment says, when athletes such as LeBron and others wore I-can't-breathe shirts, the outcry was, this isn't the way to do it. The St. Louis Rams football players ran out with their hands up. The outcry was, this isn't the way to do it. Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade, Chris Paul, LeBron opened up the Espies with a speech about police brutality, and the outcry was, this isn't the way to do it. Everyday citizens organize marches, rallies, and protests that are peaceful, and the outcry, outcry was, this isn't the way to do it. Colin Kaepernick sits down and silently and peacefully protests, and the outcry was, this isn't the way to do it. And it seems like the whole time, those... Not only just athletes, but regular people have protested in a ver- in very many ways. And every time people say this isn't the way to do it, and it seems like it's just evolved into a code word for sit down and be happy for what you have, or we don't care that you're protesting. And nobody's required to recognize the protests, but to say that this isn't the way to do it every time somebody protests something is just... Missing the point and saying that it's making you uncomfortable and that you do watch sports or do X, Y, and Z to get away from it is missing the point because the point of a protest is to to make you uncomfortable. Get your attention. And get your attention. And guess what? It's it's, it's starting a conversation. We're having
0: this conversation right now. People are having this conversation on social media, in person. It's getting the job done, man. It's, It's doing what it's supposed to do. So if not now, then when? If not this way, then how? I don't understand what I... I, I understand that some people are are saying that it's disrespectful dis- disrespectful to the troops and the flag, but they have to, not they have to, but I would like for them to understand that this protest is not out of hate for America. This is out of wanting to make a better, make America a better place for everybody. So I, it's not for hate of America; it's for wanting better for America. I feel like. And I just want to say one last thing before we move on, because this podcast is going to be
3: real long, y'all. Oh yes. Um, if you do feel uncomfortable, I mean this genuinely, like without sarcasm, <laughs> genuinely lean into that discomfort and try to figure out why um, these protests make you uncomfortable. Let's move on to a very much
0: lighter, co- <laughs> lighter
3: topic. I also could not have
0: put I could not have put my feelings about this any better than what Aaron said. So, who was that user on Reddit? So we give them
3: credit.
2: That user on Reddit, let me open it back up because I closed it. It
3: needs to be something that's, oh, God, I don't know why I asked that question. Not NSFW.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This Reddit user, his username. Or her. His or her username is liquor underscore in underscore the (laughs) underscore (laughs) front.
1: It's not that bad. It could be a lot
2: worse.
3: Oh, my goodness.
2: I don't want to take credit for what he or she said, but that puts my feelings on the whole thing in a perfect package
3: agreed david i think you really want to take on this next topic so go for it oh wait hold
0: on oh yes i do Uh, oh hey kevin durant how's it going big head (laughs) i would like oh this is where i needed the quack noise because i uh I was talking to Colby. I think I texted this to No, I did it in the group me. Yeah, it was in the group me. I said, why is Kevin Durant such a baby back word? (laughs) Expletive. Expletive. Um, And just, oh, man. So here's how it went down. So Kevin Durant, (laughs) the egg avatar that he
1: is,
0: (laughs) decided to get on Twitter and defend his honor. But not on his social media account. Well, technically he did do it on his social media account, but he thought he was logged into another social media account. So he decided to respond to somebody that was talking crap about him with another account, but was accidentally logged into his. And he, in the process, insulted the Thunder, the owner, the co- or the coach, and his, te- his former teammates – In the process of thinking that he was an egg avatar, defending his own (laughs) defending his own honor on Twitter, and it's just the most the most pathetic thing I've ever seen in my life. Can you imagine if LeBron or Kyrie, Kyrie, or Isaiah? I don't mean to name just Cavs players now. Like literally any other, like one of like Russell Westbrook. Like if he are you kidding me? This is one of the like most beta moves I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) To his credit, he
1: did actually like.
0: He owned up he, to it but that doesn't make it any up less pathetic. But Russell though
1: he said it really wasn't Russell's fault it's the fact that behind Russell there was no one else and so that was the big thing. He's like Russell was fine but you, you couldn't have expected KD to win.
3: I just can't believe he that. referred they, to himself in the third person. <laughs> That's the thing that kills me.
0: Kevin Durant was up 3 Kevin Durant and the Thunder was up 3-1 on the Golden State Warriors. You cannot tell me that they could not make it back to a championship and potentially win one. That is bullcrap, and I think Kevin Durant is one of the whiniest, most ungrateful players that – oh, he's so whiny. I hate Kevin Durant. Like, I – even before he moved to the Golden State Warriors, he was always a little bit whiny and then he started getting really obnoxious with the media and it was for no apparent reason. Like he just started being real disrespectful and then he tries to act all tough and be like, oh, I don't care what anybody thinks and then he's on social media, on Twitter, (laughs) defending his honor from an egg avatar. (laughs) <laughs> but didn't have the presence of mind to sign out of his own dang Twitter account. Hopefully <laughs> KD
1: is listening in the podcast so he can put your statements on the heel of his shoe. You know, that new shoe that he got where he put all the oh, statements that sh- about... That like he was silly. That he's oh, a phony, a traitor, and stuff. He'll, he'll add yours and quote it as David Rivera. The
2: Lord. thing about it is... Uh, it's also pairing very well for me with the Kyrie Irving comments that he made this week. And... I was mad enough about the Kyrie comments, but
0: at least, at least he's.
2: Are you talking to, about when he was on first take. Yes. Okay. were, we're the Kyrie cu- comments about how he said like he didn't talk to LeBron about requesting a trade and how he doesn't feel like he needs to and like I was mad at him for that, but at least he's straight up about that and he's honest.
0: Even, however, like however delusional he may be about it, like he, he owns straight it. Up and he honest own, about He owns. He
2: owns that he's an idiot. Yeah. But Arthur Durant is <laughs> scared to admit. It. Like, he's scared I, I, to ev- admit. Eventually, he that owned, he's wrong. Like he eventually
0: owned up to it, I guess. But at the same time, it's like, what do you do in that uh, in that position? Fake it? Don't take? Uh, what do you do? We know you got exposed, boy, on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the internet. It's forever. Everyone knows that you're pathetic. <laughs> uh, and like, I I, I have no, I have nothing against the Golden State Warriors. I have nothing against, against Kevin Durant personally. But he has consistently been one of the like, I don't have anything against his person. Like, he's been, like, okay. And I know he's, like, really good with, like, giving back to the community and everything. Like, I'm not going to try and come at him, like, from that perspective. But as just, like, come on, man. Are you seriously out here on a fake account trying to defend your own honor? Like, do you not have enough stands on Twitter that will do that for you? Like, I think uh, Dragonfly Jones on Twitter is, like, there are not any KD stands because they don't defend him. So he ha- everything <laughs> Kevin Durant has ever responded to, I don't trust now because he could just be having a conversation about it. With By himself. like Everyone he, on Twitter is KD. Everyone's <laughs> KD. When he talked about getting... Actually, no, I'm not going to say that because that's...
1: But his Twitter accounts.
0: <laughs> but but his, the Twitter accounts. But the Twitter accounts. <laughs> I, I get it, though. When he talked about getting a... Never mind. You know, you know Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, know. all right. I, I get it because people are mean on Twitter. <laughs> people are mean, but you know what you do? Either ignore it or suck it up because arguing with people on Twitter is what they want. That's what the trolls want. They want the attention. When I at somebody, I don't expect a response. <laughs> but when I get it, I'm like, oh yeah, this got is him. what I needed. Got him. But some one of my not. I'm not gonna say one of my friends. One of my one of the people I knew in high school got blocked by um. Oh, who's the Bucks? Uh, freak. Um, oh, he's a center for the Bucks. Sean Henson. No. Giannis. No. Huh? Greg Monroe. Greg Monroe. Thank you, Paul. He got blocked by Greg Monroe because he talked crap to him on Twitter and he responded and argued with this man on Twitter (laughs) and then just got blocked. And that's – I know – and when he came back to school, he was like, that's exactly what I wanted. (laughs) This is the best day of my life.
3: People are terrible. Don't Uh,
0: respond to trolls.
3: Also, don't attack people on Twitter.
0: (laughs) Don't have a fake – if you're going to have a fake Twitter account – Sign out of it. Sign out of your official account. and <laughs> Make sure you're tweeting from another account. Oh,
1: my goodness. No one trolls the Mavs.
0: And when they were like, you thought oh you were goodness. They were like, there was someone who was like, you thought you were slick deleting these. He's like, I just wanted to delete them. I was like, no, <laughs> you didn't. No
1: one controlled troll Dirk because Dirk trolls himself. Like, he talks about how he can't jump. And he posts videos of him driving, running really slowly. Uh, Looking and, like a baby giraffe. Look like a baby giraffe. He said he wore, like, so much, like, uh, he had ice wrapped around it, both of his legs. It, it, and one of the trainers said he looked like a mummy. Like, see, Dirk knows how to work with it. He accepts the criticism, and he, like, owns up to it, and he, and he doesn't worry about that kind now of Now that stuff.
0: I'm past my initial, like, excitement about this topic, I don't dislike Kevin Durant, like, in the grand scheme of life. I don't really hate <laughs> Kevin Durant. But for the love of God, it's just so pathetic, man. <laughs> Like, this man is a seven-foot-tall professional basketball player, multi multimillionaire, has a championship, MVP, finals MVP, scoring leader, and you still feel the need to, like, defend yourself on Twitter? No. That's how I know he has an inferiority complex.
2: I was going to say, I think that this says something more about him than it does about basketball. It says that he is weak as a person because... You are weak. (laughs) He doesn't need to care at all about what these people are saying. <laughs> I must break
3: him. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. You ready for some Twitter questions? Let's move on. Let's
1: get to it.
3: For the six, count them, six, re- six week in a row. I almost said six rings. You are Timmy, not Jordan. Timmy, Timmy
1: Turner. Turner.
0: Um, what's y'all's favorite memory involving the band? <laughs> now, I know we came to a consensus kind of in the car. Not a consensus, but like me uh, and Aaron. I was not in that you car. You were not in the car. So
1: do you want to start it off for us?
0: Well, let's I, say let's have David say what we agreed to in the car. Okay. So my favorite band memory is being uh in Keenan Stadium watching Mitch Trubisky work pit and score a touchdown to <laughs> win the a, game. That was a fun one. <laughs> TD to Bug Howard.
1: That was a that was with the pass interference. With the pass interference.
0: It. One-handed boy. That was the best memory that I think I've had in Keenan like at a band event because yeah. all the other ones involved like a super like higher level of stress like in basketball like when we like the maryland we, game was fun like, <laughs> that was fun that the louisville, was a fun game i remember specifically louisville uh louisville florida state and there was another one maryland that was it. okay maryland louisville tennessee <laughs> oh no <laughs> that was just a,
1: tennessee was a lot of anxiety and yeah, tony bradley got the block and saved it from us
0: no one of the worst experiences i've had was at the arkansas game
1: that, oh that yep, was a little, in little Greenville. stressful last year.
0: I never want to experience that ever again in my life.
1: <laughs> it was not a charge. But
0: yeah, uh, I would I me personally I would also I would say Pitt. um second, uh, close second if not tied at first is beating Duke for the first time in in my 3 years here in uh in the Dean, in Dome. The Dean Dome. That was a good one too. Um mine, I wasn't in the car.
3: <laughs> uh, mine's not going to be one that involves sports. Um, it's going to be the bowl trip to Orlando. Oh, that um, was so fun. My sophomore year. Um, so we got fun. a free trip to Disney World. That was awesome. You still have that as your uh, like background, don't you? Yeah, I still have it as the background on my phone when we marched in the. Um, Can you send me that? I've actually wanted to
0: post that for a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: I got you. Um, it's also my header on Twitter. Um, but I think that was really fun. I got to hang out with a bunch of my friends. Um me, my girlfriend, my current roommate, and his um, girlfriend, we all like just went to every single park and went on the biggest ride. Um, and that was a really fun time. So oh, yeah. I think I'm going to pick that one. It's my favorite band memory.
2: Oh, I'm getting sentimental. That was so fun. Mine is also the game against Pitt last year, but for different reasons. For me, it it that's the game where I, when I look back on it, that's the game where I actually became a Carolina fan. Because unlike y'all, like, Up until last year, I wasn't a Carolina fan. Like, as I said before, I grew up an Ohio State fan, and Ohio State was my team up until last year, and the Georgia game, losing that hurt, that game was exciting. The game after that, we played JMU, which was also exciting. Like, I enjoyed that, but I never really felt... Like, I felt good when we won, but I didn't feel anything when we won. And I just remember when we beat Pitt in that game. That's one, that's one of the, up to that moment, that was one of the only times that I've ever had uncontrollable emotion as a sports fan. He was a good one. And I, that's when I think I became a Carolina fan, and that's what started where I'm at today. Maverick, drop your bomb.
1: I mean I had the chance I was like do I want to be cliché today? Yeah you were. I was are. like yes I am cuz April 3rd that natty though 2017 that natty though I went and I performed at a basketball game in Phoenix Arizona it was for some national championship between us and Gonzaga uh, we ended up winning that game you Sure it wasn't
0: 2016 against Villanova?
1: I unfortunately was in Houston <laughs> from being in Philanova too, but I got to witness North Carolina's sixth national championship. Uh, that was a truly special moment for me just because I've been a Tar Heel fan my whole life. You know, I remember staying up early or staying up late actually to watch the 2005 championship, watching the 2009 championship, and just being like, I want to be a Carolina student one day I want to be there to watch them win a national championship as a student myself. We got not them. only did I did not only did I able I was able to witness that and be a part of that and be a student here when we won, but never in my wildest dreams, because I've imagined myself to be at the game itself. And so especially just being in Houston, watching literally the most heartbreaking sports moment in my entire life happen before my eyes. And spending the entire year with that team going all the way back to the championship and winning. There's not a greater sports story that I could ever tell.
0: And that was a roller coaster of a season last season, man. It was. Yeah, it was. If you would have told me that we were gonna win a national championship at the beginning of that season, I would have called you a liar. That, I would have believed you. No, but I just did but like everything was stacked against us. We had Duke out here looking like a like a like the Monstars, apparently. But then we had Kerry Giles and his go-go gadget knees. <laughs> didn't live up to expectations. And, you know, just, like, even, like, going through the tournament, like, like we went up against Texas Southern. What was it? Is that the Texas name? Southern yeah. first. And then we went up against Arkansas, and the ooh. cards were stacked against us. You know, they went up against Butler, and Butler was a good squad. And then, ooh, man, when we hit Kentucky, after we hit that, after we beat Kentucky, I was like, we can do this. Mm-hmm.
1: Like oh, God, even... or,
0: I keep blocking
3: that Oregon game out of my head.
0: <laughs> Sweet Cheeks Meeks. <mix. laughs>
1: I'll never forget when Kennedy, the first set of free throws, before Theo tipped it back out to Joel and before he shot his two, that he missed the second one, I got so anxious and I was so, like, messed up by it that I almost threw up. Like, <laughs> I, a sense of nauseous came over me. You're like, it's happening again. I collapsed down into the chair. And Mr. Fuchs looked at me. He's like, "Maverick, are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yes, I'm just a little <laughs> bit flustered right now." Uh, and then the second uh, pair of free throws happened. And Kennedy Meeks miss- got the <laughs> rebound that sealed the deal, and that was such a special moment. Like th- from last year to this year, that is a fairy tale story. You couldn't tell that story better. Like that is. Something you wouldn't even find it in the movies now. We're gonna
3: get a thirty for thirty on it, possibly. Happy one hundred seventy-four day anniversary, y'all! Yeah.
2: (laughs) I think that I chose the best year possible to become a Carolina fan. (laughs) I mean, like honestly, like the the fact that this foot last year's football team and last year's basketball team are gonna be like my Carolina teams when I think about. They're gonna be the teams that come to mind when I think about Carolina football and basketball, like. I don't think there's a better combination.
0: All right. Yeah, let's
3: go ahead and move on. Next question Have you taken the official Pottermore sorting cat quiz? And which Hardcore's house do you belong to? Um, that comes from my sister Chelsea. Um, I don't remember her Twitter handle
0: Chelsea L. Waddell. Chelsea L. Waddell. <laughs> Love you, Chelsea. I have taken the Pottermore quiz. As if I. have I. As have
1: I? Gone? I have.
0: Do you want to say it all in three? We're doing this again? Okay, let's do it. One, two, three.
1: Raving all right, let's, yeah. go, let's
2: go through them individually
1: because that was a bit jumbled. First off, I'm a ginger, so I'm Gryffindor. <laughs> oh it was very God. simple.
2: That just means you think you're more important than everybody else. It's and true. that's not even me.
1: That's, <laughs> the test confirmed Straight it. Facts, B. I am Gryffindor like the rest of the gingers in the Harry Potter universe. Aaron? Aaron. I'm a proud Hufflepuff.
2: <laughs> of course you are.
1: That makes a lot of sense. That makes a whole
2: lot of sense.
0: Of course you are.
2: I am like... The, the stereotypical are, Hufflepuff. The Browns are Hufflepuffs too, dude. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh my goodness!
0: Um, Ravenclaw, Ravenclaw. It's all about that Ravenclaw. Yeah. I don't even got to explain it. I feel like Carolina students in general would be Ravenclaw, for the most part. Yeah. Like
2: as a university, like Duke as a university is Slytherin.
0: Oh, most definitely. That's
1: that's just understood. Like,
0: that's I have a, a lot of. They might
1: Slytherin even be friends. like the Dementors. Or like Death Eaters. They don't even get a house. Got a
0: bunch of snakes.
3: Well, that was quick. Um, Let's see how much time we have. We have time for one more question. Of course. Um, Last one. Best place to eat on Street from at any
0: Rindle. I went first last time. So y'all can go ahead.
1: Sup, Docs? By far, Banditos. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I could eat ACP, otherwise known as Arroz con Pollo, every day of the week and twice on Sunday. (laughs) No, except They're not closed on, on Sunday. On Sunday. <laughs> yep, unfortunately, no. Banditos is closed on Sunday, so I might just have to go in there by myself. It's okay.
2: You could run it out for a private party. They do that on Sundays. See? Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know this information.
3: Never made so He Takes Banditos. <laughs> Aaron, what you got?
2: Sponsor us, please. My favorite restaurant on Franklin Street is Sutton's. Also, please sponsor us, please. The, uh, it, 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 Sutton's like it encapsulates everything that I love about Carolina all in one place the food is amazing the, it has history it is Franklin Street like it has Carolina history literally in a of of ton itself. of photos
0: of everyone yes. like all the groups they came through
2: and the staff there are the nicest people oh, in the world oh they're fantastic
0: they're pretty great so technically this isn't on Franklin but Mama Dips oh I love Mama Dips Mama Dips, Dips. my parents love Mama Dips I've been there twice, but like both times. I think they have macaroni as a vegetable. They there. do. It's <laughs> and my favorite it's part. fantastic. Oh, uh, Mama Dips is real good. I just need some country fried steak in my life. and oh, their chicken. When
1: steak. I don't eat ACP, I get some chicken and waffle bites from Sutton's. I will say that. but Oh, yeah. Chicken, and, chicken waffle and waffle bites, bites from, are really from good. Sutton
0: are fantastic. And if we're talking about sheer volume of places I eat, I eat at Banditos by far the most out of any of the restaurants on Franklin.
3: For those who don't know what the chicken and waffles bites are, um, they are like chicken nuggets, but instead of bad, um, battered in than like regular stuff, they put it in waffle batter.
2: And they also have a syrup layer under the. Oh, it's so cool.
3: yeah. it's Under so the waffle, good. it's real good. Mm.
2: All
0: kay. right, wait, can we do it one quick one? Because I know the answer to this one. Okay. What's your spirit animal? Animal from Nicholas Bafia at Nick underscore Bafia. Can I say my Patronus? That's fine too. Uh, gray wolf.
2: Otter. Penguin. My Patronus is a seal. (laughs) (laughs) Just the smirk you had on your face when you said that, and it works. I mean, seals don't have hair either.
1: (laughs) Mine's a penguin just because I waddle like a penguin. Uh,
3: okay, all All right. right. Thank you for humoring me. Trivia recap: Um, how we do this
2: week? We were gonna get a perfect on six degrees, but then freaking Jake Cochran called us out. Yes. (sighs) We, got we Julia did Roberts. make the
1: mistake of confusing Julia Andrews with Julia Roberts, but it's okay. We make mistakes, and we got to go forward with it. Oh, well. We had a bad week. We had a bad week, um, but it's fine. We'll
3: recuperate. We're on to the next. Um, What did you eat this week?
2: This week, oh, I remember. This week, I had a burrito from Moe's. I am strongly in into- the... Chipotle camp, however, 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 it was free queso night at Moe's. I was the last person they let into the restaurant before it closed, and they gave me free queso on the burrito, and they gave me free queso for my chips. They were feeling generous. That queso is still sitting in my refrigerator. (laughs) And (laughs) to top it all off, I brought it in the coffee shop and put it all on a plate. I got presentation points. And nobody questioned me. I feel like we're never gonna get this sponsorship from Carolina Coffee. Sutton's, please sponsor us. Or Julian's. I would like a free Julian's tie. What <laughs> is today's trivia question? This week's trivia question. Let this me cough real trivia quick. question.
0: <coughs> let me clear my throat. <coughs> oh, God.
2: This week's trivia question. Only one artist since 2000 has won two Grammys for Best Album, two Grammys for Best Record, and two Grammys for Song of the Year. Who is it? If you know the answer, tweet it at us, at NeverMadePod. And if you're the first one, you'll get shouted out on next week's podcast, and you'll get a firm handshake from Mav.
1: We still haven't gotten the first handshake yet, but we're getting that Thank you. We're working on it.
3: All right. um, Anything from the past week we want to talk about?
1: On Saturday, while we were in the tunnel before pregame, Eric Montross walked through, and I had to say, Hey there, big, big grits. grits. <laughs> it's
0: big grits. That was
1: one of the highlights of my Saturday. Uh, See, you're, you're in, in the fun crits. tunnel. I'm not in the fun tunnel. I'm in the away tunnel. Well, next
3: week
2: I should be in the fun tunnel. So mm. sorry. I feel betrayed. <laughs> On Friday, I went to Hillall for Rosh Hashanah services, and Say I went that five the, times fast. And I went <laughs> with Adam Shinehouse. Cool dude. Shout out to Adam. And we get there, and the Hillel director walks up to us and he says, Hey Aaron, Hey Adam, which one of you is stronger? And Adam points to me. And so they gave me the responsibility of lifting the Torah. And for those who don't know what that entails, it's this scroll that I have to bend down and pick up on like two little posts and balance it while it's all on one side. Cause it's the end. We're nearing the end of the Torah for the year. And, if you drop the Torah, you have to fast for forty days. Yikes! <laughs>
0: oh no! <I> <laughs> well, we went to uh,
2: Monterey's, Yikes. so I guess you he held it. it up. Luckily, I did not drop the Torah. <laughs> Run, tag.
3: Tag twice and four Um, I'm still selling tickets Um, I tweeted out the link for the Hurricanes tickets, I do not believe the tweet works So just DM me and I can get it to you The link's not going to work So just DM me and I'll get you the link Um, This week I'll be tweeting out the Carolina football tickets Um, Please buy them We have officially sold two tickets Two of 80 Please buy them
0: Um That's all I got. Anything else? Shout out to Lauren Taylor, because I feel like I haven't even mentioned you on this podcast yet. She hasn't listened either. I know. She hasn't (laughs) listened to the last one, so never mind. She might not even make it to this one. So Uh, if you made it this far, Lauren, congratulations. And
3: that's all we have for you this week. If you want to find us, you can find us at co. Leave us a five-star rating on iTunes, and you can call us whatever dog trash you want to. <laughs> um, anything you like or didn't like, be sure to let us know via our Twitter, at nevermaypod. Um, thank you, Jake Cochran, for the theme music, and thank you to my dad for the cover photo. Your dad's amazing. <laughs> I love your whole family. That's <laughs> weird.
1: I love hey. Him. I love
3: him to death. <laughs> that's um, fantastic. That's my dad. All right. See y'all next week. Love, peace, and chicken grease, y'all. Bye. Bye.